time call Larry knows all my guests tonight John January 24th, 7.02 p.m. NBA trade deadline approaching. February 9th is the date, but it seems like... I guess the season started yesterday. We had a trade. A big one. (laughs) A medium one. Nah, small one. Rui Hachimura to the Lakers for two seconds plus a second round swap. Um, I actually think a decent return for Rui Hachimura. Kendrick, Kendrick Nunn. Oh, yeah, Kendrick Nunn. But, you know, that's just salary. But salary they now can't use in another trade. Yeah, what do you think? Is it Kendrick Nunn that sold it for you? Uh, No, I mean, I would say Rui is a former lottery pick, Mm -hmm. and maybe there's something that has not yet been unlocked that teaming with LeBron and Davis can unlock, but I don't see it. Yeah. I'm not seeing it on the surface. I, it's just not, they just need more shooting and he's not that good at shooting and they need well, size in the wing and he's not that big. I, I was reading that actually he's the last, if you do just the last two years, he's about a 40% catch and shoot three point guy. But that was like last year was great. And this year is it's back down. to the normal. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I, it's weird. I think, like, former Gonzaga and Villanova guys always get extra love and just weird <laughs> reputation. Yeah. Um, I mean, some deserving and some not. Uh, but, yeah, I think Rui, because he is a Gonzaga guy, it just he has more name recognition. And LeBron, you know, LeBron is always chasing the name recognition. But it's also... He only watches the tournament. That's why he's... He just, <laughs> yeah. He only starts watching in March. So, yeah. I mean, okay. It's... um, It's not like... they. Uh, I mean, this is kind of in the realm of what LA should do is just give up... Try to not trade those two future firsts until you could get something really, really worthwhile, if at all. Um... But three seconds, I, I I was in, I thought my initial reaction was like, wow, I can't believe he went for three seconds. Cause I know he was definitely not going for a first Hachimura and to get, I guess, two and a half seconds and Kendrick Nunn. Uh, I mean, you could also argue that this is still fallout from the Westbrook trade. Cause Hachimura is available. Cause he lost his job to Kuzma. 
<laughs> yeah, that's very true. And maybe from the Westbrook trade, it just kind of like, you know, uh, Washington's GM is now on speed dial for LA's front office and vice versa. So they already have that route of communication going. And maybe Kuzma is going to follow next. They you think just, Kuzma's coming back? Maybe. Maybe they should just like redo the trade. Oh, I'm sure they would love a redo on that <laughs> offseason. Yeah. <laughs> Although Westbrook has, has actually been pretty good Westbrook since back. moving to the Westbrook bench. All right. So we're going to go through um, a few teams. We're gonna, I'm going to start with the Knicks because that's on my mind, as always. Um, for, for most of the past like month or two, I've been a very happy Knicks fan. They've been playing really well. Um, and, and the best part of it for me is like, I don't know. At some point, I made a decision that like I'm going all out rooting for the Knicks. I mean, I, I put on face paint at home. I go all out. But what I, what I actually mean is I um, it's just there's no hedging of like, oh, I kind of wish they would lose and get a good draft lottery position, even when they were more on the fringes of the play in tournament, which they might end up being by the end of the season. It's it's just like, I don't know, like, what's the point of rooting for a few extra spots in the, li- the lottery and getting at best a 14% chance of Wembenyama, which they're not sure. going to get. So at best, like a 10% chance. So it's it's been a really fun season for me, and I really like most of the players on this team. Um, but right now, the Knicks are in a little bit of a, not just a slide in terms of losing four games straight, but the biggest thing is that Mitchell Robinson is hurt, out for... At least, I think he gets reevaluated in three weeks from the date of the injury, so probably more than that, a month-ish, with a broken thumb. And man, it's it's really hurting. Um, not only because he's a good player, um, which he is, like his on-off stats are are better than anyone else's on the Knicks, which doesn't tell you everything, but it's it, it tells you something. The problem is, um. Thibodeau has kind of formed a defensive identity around like having knowing you have that protection at the rim, and then the other guys on the perimeter could just go all out and defending the perimeter and don't and don't have to worry about really helping at the rim because they know Mitch is back there, and it works because Mitch is such an amazing rim protector. But when he's not in the lineup, Tibbs can't seem to make any adjustments and try something else which is his personnel doesn't work. So there's a lot of the same crap of like, you know, now their, their rotation's a little shallow, which, so they're going to need to trade for somebody probably. So we're getting into minutes issues where a lot of their top guys are getting around 40 minutes a game, classic Tibbs. And Tibbs is like, seems not even willing to try. And now would be the, perfect opportunity to do it that you don't have your starting center would be to time to try OB and Randall together, or at least like a, for a bunch of minutes in the game. OB played 10 minutes in the last game, even though he went four for five from three scored, like, uh, um, I think 14 points in those 10 minutes, but still didn't get more time. It's just, it, it's very frustrating. Um, no matter what Tibbs is going to be Tibbs. Cam Reddish would be a good option to at least 
plug into the rotation, but he's just unavailable because Tibbs decided he hated him for some reason. And just that they're like, all right, we're going to find a training spot for you, which is fine that they want to move on from him if that's what they decide to do. But to have a situation where he can't even get in the lineup is just crazy. How they got there is just a failure. So things not looking so great. And um, I think what I imagine happening is I really hope Obi gets more minutes because they might just, because if not, like you might as well trade him if you're not going to be using him. It's time to kind of shit or get off the pot with Obi. And um, they definitely need some people in the rotation that Tibbs trusts. So I have two thoughts on that. Um, You know, one is someone like, your Eric Gordon, John. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually hasn't even been shooting that great this year. Uh, now he shot great last year. Yeah. Um, this year, I, I, I just, I think he's frustrated this year, quite honestly. Like the team is a, is a dumpster fire and yeah, but I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's cause he's a year older and maybe he's getting washed up. I, I don't know. I, I still think there's a lot of value there, but not for, a playoff run two or three years from now, mm-hmm. right? Like it's kind of a, Oh, you mean in, in terms then, of what Houston would be thinking two or Well, three no, in terms now. of like what, a like he's not gonna, I don't think he's going to age that well. Like he's, if you're, if you're, I don't think you're going to build around him. Oh no, no. In the future, right? Like he's, he's a good, he's a good guy for this year. And then you have to figure out re-signing him and, Whatever. Yeah. So I think he has a partial guarantee for next year. So partial guarantee. Yeah. But um So I'd be okay with that because partial guarantee for next year, as we've kind of talked about, the free agency pool is shallow this offseason. In twenty twenty four, it's a really uh it's a it's a season where you want to be able to make cap space. There's a lot of good free agents in twenty twenty four. Um I, I would assume the Knicks have that circled in or at least part of their plans, or at least they're thinking about it. So I wouldn't mind trading for Gordon and then guaranteeing his contract for next year and then moving on. Um, Would you do, say, I don't even know if I would do this, but but I could see it happening. uh, Say the Dallas pick, that's this year. Um, Maybe. What are the protections on that? Is that top 10 protection? Top 10. Yeah, and it's not like Dallas is going to be in the top ten, right? Anyway, um, I maybe if I'm the Rockets because I I don't I don't know that a lot of other people are offering first round mm-hmm. picks at this point, and the Rockets have done pretty well with their late mid to late first round picks of late. So yeah, I mean maybe with the Shangun and Tari Eason and whatever, it's kind of like. Yeah, we can find value there. I don't know if there's a better offer. I don't the think there would be. Um, I think I think that's probably the best the Rockets would hope for is a first from a team that's likely going to be in the playoffs. And yeah. so you're thinking of it as a first from Dallas. And they and they've been holding on to Gordon, hoping the, you know, asking price or whatever goes up and this is it. Yeah, this is this is the moment. Like, there's nothing left after this, so they might as well take it. Yeah, call it in. Good. All right, call it in. I think I think I'd be good with that too. Um, 
you know, I, I like the idea of having more draft picks, but this one's going to, this Dallas pick's going to expire soon. And, and just like, why not? Why not try to have a good playoff run with a lot of these Knicks players who could use the, the playoff experience? Some other bigger names, which I don't know if they'll be traded, but some bigger names that you sometimes hear the Knicks connected to, or just it's it's not really Knicks are connected to them. It's just people kind of speculating or making fake trades. And those three guys are Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, and DeMar DeRozan. So I'm good. Your reactions are exactly mine. You were like, shake your head no. Shake your head no. Maybe. That's exactly my thoughts. Hell no to Bradley Beal and his terrible contract. And he's not going to even, like, help you that much. Eh, he, I guess he would help, but, I, I, you know, that just locks you in to being okay. Hell no to Zach Levine. I'm just not a fan, and he always gets injured. Also, mm-hmm. crazy expensive contract. DeMar DeRozan, not a crazy expensive contract and pretty good. And um, if it doesn't cost an arm and a leg, I mean, I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> a dick, maybe. <laughs> if it, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's if, if for the right, I mean, any of these guys for the right price, obviously, you'd have to consider it. But DeRozan for what I hope the price would be is kind of interesting. I, I would guess it's two unprotected picks. For DeRozan? Probably. Yeah. And again, though, it depends on what Chicago wants to get out of it. They're not going to compete. So, I mean, they're still, they've been playing better yeah. of late, but I don't know. They're stuck in the middle, too. Right. right now. But they sort of, they picked a lane a year and a half ago. It's not working out very well. Um, but yeah, they've been, but they're in the play in mix. So maybe they're just not going to be. Trading their guys. Okay. So we talked a little bit about Houston. Um, talked about the Knicks. Let's go to, let's go across the border to Toronto. Uh, Marcus, can I interest you in OG Ananobi for the Sacramento, for the third seeded Sacramento Kings? Um, I mean, yeah, but you know, it depends on the price. Yeah. All of these things do. I, you know, it absolutely is the type of player who would be hugely beneficial to them, but it, is it worth mortgaging the future on this season? I would lean no. I mean, you got to break that playoff streak. Well, I guess you're already there, but yeah, I, it, I feel like it would be surprising at this point if they didn't make the playoffs. But, like, I was just sort of, like, going through the teams and, like, thinking about, like, you know, assuming equal health luck the rest of the way, do the Kings have a chance to, like, go real deep? Probably not. Like, they have an excellent offense, but not much defense to stand on and i just i don't i don't see this as like a true championship contender og ananobi helps but he doesn't push them over the limit so and everything i've seen seems to think that if he moves he'll be very expensive so 
that's the hesitation. It does seem that way. And and an interesting thing is a lot of big trades, um, the, like trades where it's for, say, three unprotected picks or more, those usually happen in the offseason and not at the trade mm-hmm. deadline. Um, which So Toronto, I, I think, so they have a few players who could be traded. You know, they could just, depending on what they decide to do, obviously, they could trade Siakam, they could trade Ananobi. I think Siakam would be three unprotected plus, maybe a fourth unprotected. Yeah, it's not happening. Right. Not happening this trade deadline, you mean? Right. Right. Under an OG Ananobi, probably three or two plus a protected third. I think he's a very highly valued 3 and D guy. And not making a lot. There is the caveat, though. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent summer of 2024 because he's not going to extend for sub-max. So, which is why I think Toronto should trade him maybe this offseason. But it's something to think about if you're trading for him. Then there's... um, Yeah, the other two guys would be Fred Van Vliet, um, who's improved his play lately, um, and Gary Trent Jr. So both of those guys, I guess they have player options, but may not take them. Mm. Any interest there in FVV or GTJ? I mean, I think they're both valuable players. I'm not sure they make sense on the Kings, which have, um, I don't know, a very ball dominant point guard and a decent amount of like sort of spot up shooter guys, which is what Gary Trent would probably be Mm -hmm. within the team. So I don't know. I'm really torn on this season because it's certainly fun to have them winning, but it also feels like a little bit of like, is this like a playoff winning team or does it have sort of like, um, God, those, Hawks teams from like 10 years ago where they would win a bunch of extra regular season games and then just get their faces caved in. That's kind of the energy I'm feeling. Is Kyle Korver going to make an all-star team for you this year? It's not too late. <laughs> uh, so yeah, what do you think the if the Kings were to trade for something, what would, what is a position of need for them? Yeah, it's such a... I mean defense we've talked about it before but like you know it's that tricky situation of like what they really could use just like in a bubble is rim protection but Mm -hmm. we tried Sabonis with Turner in Indiana and it didn't work so then you go like you do you sacrifice his effectiveness to get better at defense it's a hard thing Mm -hmm. to do so like that's where like Ananobi who is like an amazing perimeter defender makes a lot of sense in terms of just like well if we can't have defense on the interior at least let's make it hard to get there yeah or have like a pretty big guy at the four who could at least help in the ring yeah um this is like um this is not a game-changing uh trade by any means but i was like reading somewhere that like um the magic are trying to move bomba and so i was like oh why not like davion mitchell for mo bomba and just see if those guys work out better somewhere else i kind of like that trade for both teams yeah 
that's that's kind of the level of trade I think is like appropriate right now where it's like let's just like maybe take on like a high draft pick who hasn't worked out see if he could work out better on a different team but not I don't think it's the moment to like go all in like a in an OB trade would probably take what do you think John should the Kings go all in some in or all in in the offseason probably not all in i mean there's a couple of, the biggest factor is they're just they're too young to make a deep playoff run right mm-hmm. like you don't make a none of these cohorts make a deep run in their first playoffs much less the franchise's first playoffs in two decades mm-hmm. but the west is like more wide open this year than it's kind of been in a long time um so on that note you you might think okay let's make a run but i think the west is going to continue to get more wide open or stay wide open like because the warriors are you know the warriors are getting older and so it's a it's a real changing of the guard out there in the west the lakers are a non-factor essentially the clippers are getting older and so I think the West is going to be just as open next year. And so I don't see any reason to rush this, like light the beam found money. Awesome. Like light the money, find the, light the the money. It's just, it's good. I I would say, don't, don't mess with it. It, Let it, let it ride this year. And then, you know, see what you got in the off season, get some experience and then maybe, I, I, I don't hate the idea of it, it could be the off season if if uh, Toronto continues to struggle this season. Uh, if Sacramento would go with like the full the full boat if they have the full boat of picks like the four unprotected picks for Siakam. That's an interesting yeah. fit with Fox and Sabonis. Yeah, I mean it could be cool. I'm like. I'm not opposed to that. Like, especially like, let's say that they like actually are surprisingly effective in the playoffs, but like to John's point, they just don't have the maturity. Then it's like, okay, like let's really go for it next year. But I think it feels like the wise thing to do is wait and see a little bit right now. And like, let them get to the playoffs and see what it looks like and all of that. But yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, and Keegan. Yeah, you get Keegan Murray. Yeah, um, I, Keegan is, Murray's already a veteran. I mean, he's he's twenty eight, <laughs> right? He's, yeah, uh, he's well versed. This is like I think it's not a perfect um, encapsulation of the interior defense, but I do think it like kind of hints at it. Keegan Murray leads the team in blocks, which is pretty funny <laughs> to me. Yeah. Um. So he. Uh, his his brother is having a good year at Iowa. Chris Murray is starting to I from what I'm been seeing is starting to rise up the draft board a little bit. He's now like a pretty sure for end of the first rounder. If he continues to do well, might make it into the lottery. But if he stays around where he is, it's kind of right around where Sacramento's <laughs> going to be picking. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, a better they, deal than when uh, Phoenix drafted Marcus and Markeith Morris, like two picks in the top 10. 
that's true. It has it just has to be better value. If Vlade were still there, it would definitely happen. <laughs> He'd trade up for Chris. First overall selection. <laughs> okay. Uh so we touched on some Iowa basketball. Let's talk about um let's talk about the Utah Jazz. Who uh still in the playoff mix, but John, do you think they should start selling or do um, no, I think they play? should sell at the optimal time. Okay. So which is I mean, it depends on where the I, I mean Conley's obviously gonna be I it seems like he's he'd be the first to go, right? Because Conley is the ultimate high value guy for a team that's trying to win mm-hmm. this you know, hard-nosed defender. Maybe he's lost a step, but he's also, you know, he's going to just do everything he can because he's ne- he doesn't have a ring. He doesn't, like, this could be one of his last shots. I think, um, I think, yeah, I think they should sell. Like, there's, I love this team, and I love Laurie Markinen and all that stuff, but they're not going anywhere. Right. It's funny I'm, to, like, talk about blowing it up. Like, they already did blow it up. They did, they did, and so they just, but they they didn't trade these veterans early on because they're like, yeah, these guys are going to have a lot of value yeah. at the trade deadline. And I know what you're saying the big deals go on in the off season, but some of these particular people are just just custom built for trade deadline deals. And I feel like Rudy, um, sorry, um, Mike Conley is one of those guys. I really do. It's a good point. I think that. Yeah, the the big the big superstar level trades that only happens in the off season, but the trade deadline is perfect for Eric Gordon or Mike Conley, where you could get a first rounder, you know, probably a protected first rounder or a first rounder from a team you know is going to make the playoffs. Right. But speaking of trading at the optimal optimal time, I mean, there's no indication that they would do this. But I I wonder if it's worth considering trading Larry Markkinen. I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly like would reinforce um, Danny's a Danny Ainge's reputation as a guy who would trade his own mother. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but I, I just think he's, he's probably too popular with the fans. Like the, I'm sure the fans are behind the whole rebuild idea and stuff like that. And they'd talk themselves into it, but then Laurie has made this season a whole lot more fun while still having this like great rebuild mm-hmm. light at the end of the tunnel that they can. So I think it's, I mean, age might do it, but yeah. I think it's bad PR if he does it. Not that he cares. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think it's worth considering at some point, possibly the off season. Um, but yeah, I mean, they oh, could yeah, they, in the off season for sure. Right. For sure. Yeah. But they could certainly sell off the other pieces whether it's Vanderbilt or um, or Conley, as you said, Olenek, um, Clarkson, I don't know. Yeah, Clarkson, I think, would have some real value. I think so. Trade deadline. Lakers should try to scoop up every former Laker. <laughs> uh, Marcus, do you want Lowry Markinen on the Kings? Would you give up? Would you give up two unprotected picks right now? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I would, to your point, I'd rather hold them and try for like a 
Siakam thing if they're going to get rid of those rather than give up two for Markkanen. But I, like they, the Jazz have like weirdly become like a league pass team for me just because mm-hmm. like it's like the end of the night and I'm like oh what games are still on, and so yeah. I've seen a lot of them. It's very fun. Like and you know props to Danny Age for kind of taking these guys off the scrap heap and being like, wow, Colin Sexton's out there and it's mm-hmm. fun. It's so. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really amazing how he got every single player from Minnesota mm. in that deal. Okay. Um, let's go to, let's go to Dallas. Okay. So one of the things that's, that's interesting to me is, um, you know, Lucas kind of made or, or supposedly has, has, has intimated that he wants to, he needs help, which he does. So many, you, you hear a lot of people saying they need to get Luca help. They need to uh, add something there. So it's not just Luca by himself. Um, and at first I say, well, they have Frank Nilakina. And second, mm. <laughs> I say um, that. I I think they somebody needs to sit Luca down or 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 just explain to him and I don't know if they're willing to do this or not but that if they were to trade the picks that they could trade now they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot because just with all so assuming their pick conveys this summer to the Knicks or to Houston if that gets traded for Eric Gordon then they have going forward their full complement of picks, and now they could do a four picks for Siakam type of thing. But uh, if they trade the two picks that they could trade now, it becomes based on the years. It is like they could only trade one pick. Plus, they're like now have less picks going forward. So if they say, let's say they traded two picks for Bradley Beal right now, um, they'd. After this summer, they'd have Luca, Beal, and one pick to trade. If they trade one pick, they might have two picks to trade, depending on which year it is. But they they're not going to get two and two, and certainly you want you want the four for that superstar trade. So I, I feel like maybe there's stuff they could do around the margins, like the Davion Mitchell for Mo Bamba trade. They should, they should trade Davion Mitchell for Mo Bamba. That'd be really good for them. Yeah, they could fill that off. Um, or hey, maybe there's a three-team deal. Well, no, because Mo Bamba's... <laughs> I don't know who they would get from the Wizards. Why the Wizards? Uh, anyway. Yeah, they should, they should really keep their powder dry, I think. And hopefully, Lucan understands that. Um... You know, and if they don't do anything this coming off season or beyond, then it starts to get a little dicey about how how good are things in Dallas? How much does Luca want to stay there? Um, the clock starts ticking, yada yada. Um, does that sound like a good assessment to you, John? Yeah, yeah, I like. My favorite thing about the Mavericks is how they have the least interesting two through 12 players. In the entire- <laughs> and I definitely don't want them to, you know, mess with that. Um, and yeah, you're, you're totally right. Like all this, you have to do such and such. 
now or whatever for these superstars is all manufactured, right? Like that's, that's, I mean, the guy's under contract, he's going to keep playing. Like you have, you have time. Um, And so I wouldn't worry about that at all. I think it's just, it's definitely dumb for Dallas to do anything to go all in on this, this year. Cause I just, I don't think they're a team that plays winning basketball right now. I mean, Mm -hmm. Like I've seen, I saw too many years of the Harden heliocentric offense, you know, fall flat in the playoffs. Now, granted, Doncic is better than Harden and he's played better in the playoffs and big games than Harden has, but it doesn't change the fact that it it's easier for defenses to shut down. You know, like there's less for them to really uh, scheme for. And so, yeah, I think they're best served waiting and then maybe coming up with something in the off season that can put um, a real second option. Yeah. Cause, Cause even if he's, if he's upset because they don't do something at the deadline, he'll, he'll get over it if they make a big off season trade to get him a second star. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would, it would be hilarious though if they did trade like the two unprotected picks for like Levine or something that'd just be i can imagine that i mean i feel like they also have to be like very thoughtful with that second guy they get for him because whoever it is is going to have to sacrifice you know yeah it's it's a it's a good question of who is that guy that i mean who well beal i feel like beal's willing to just you know hang out (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I mean, he loves it in Washington, so I don't know. Yeah. yeah, but who is that that guy that would possibly be available? I mean, Siakam is an interesting one, I think. Sure. But who knows if he becomes available or not. Um, yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, you, you would think it's a big, right? Because they don't necessarily need another guard. But who knows? Um Okay. Let's um I'm going to pull up some standings just to go kind of rapid fire through some teams. You'll say if you think they should be buyers, sellers or in like kind of like a how how far in should they go. Okay. Um so let's start with start at the top, the Boston Celtics. Marcus um, I think the Boston Celtics should trade Davion Mitchell for Mo <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, you know, obviously, I mean, they're such a strong team. I'm not sure they need to buy right. any serious pieces unless someone else makes a huge move they feel like they need to keep up with. So I guess, like, buy, but they're not. They don't exactly like, they're not obviously short somewhere right now to me. Sounds right. John. Yeah. I think that, I think the Derek white trade was instructive last year. Right. Cause that was, that was a move on the margins that I think really paid off. I don't, um, I don't know if they make as deep a playoff run with, without him now, can they duplicate that? I mean, they're a better team start to finish this year than they were last year. So they have a good record and they can, um, I, I don't know. I, 
I think they're, I don't know if there's anything that can make them a little better, if it's worth sacrificing any chemistry, unless yeah. it's some backup for Williams, since he might get hurt again any day. I don't know. Uh, but I, they, I'd probably sit tight. Right. How about the Denver Nuggets? Ooh. Uh, I'm, if I were them, I would at least want some sort of mid-tier player just because they've got some fragile guys there. And like to mm-hmm. John's point, the West is open. And so if you're going to lose it, you'd rather not lose it because of injuries. Like I'd love a little more depth there. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely a team that the West is open. You know, you've got maybe the best player in the NBA. Um. And uh, I, I don't know exactly how their salary. I think their their tradable salary is probably like KCP, who's been good for them. So it's like he's I been don't know, good. Like, yeah. yeah, he's the perfect. He's the type of guy that's like a playoff roster rotation type of guy. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think I would I would see what you can do about getting some depth, but it's um, man, it's yeah. That's 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 tough. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to sacrifice any of. Um, yeah. any of the guys they have going every night because they have they the, the West could be theirs, it really could. Memphis, um, I still think I still think they have a lot of time, mm-hmm. so I don't think they need to because they also have such a good track record of developing players. Um, I think they should see where they are this year. Cause they, they can kind of say, Oh, Ja got hurt last year. We could have beaten the warriors, even though they, they wouldn't have. Um, and so I think they can give it one more go round with this core and, and then see in the off season. Yeah, I agree. Philadelphia. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they have to buy, yeah. but I don't like, I mean, the players we've talked about who are available, I don't see any of them like making Philadelphia the presumptive favorite really. So I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I think they could be very good if they added someone like that. I don't know if they have the assets to do it. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe they could trade Maxi. For, I mean, would you trade? Would you tra- Would you trade Maxi? I don't know if they have any picks. Maxi plus a pick for OG Ananobi. I mean, that would serve them. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, trading a little offense for some actual real perimeter defense, but um, I don't know. I think don't Seventy Sixers fans like maxi <laughs> they do they do i mean he's good i i don't know but he's he's very much a one-way player and i don't know how many one-way players you can afford to <laughs> put on the floor at one time yeah um yeah i mean I, again i think they should buy but what can they do um cleveland would be the ideal team for or a guy like OG Ananobi, but they obviously don't have no. the picks anymore. No. Um, 
I mean, should New Orleans? They have all the assets in the world. Yeah, I think they should just they should just hang out. Yeah, I mean, they, it, they've been missing Ingram. Yeah, you know, a big chunk of the season. We still don't know if Zion and Ingram can really right. play well together. I think when Ingram comes back, they should use the rest of this year to figure that out and then kind of decide going forward what they're going to do with their war chest. Yeah. Um, there's no way they're going to be like a real playoff team this year. Like they're not, they're not going to be able to make a pick or make a, some sort of trade that puts them in the conference finals. I think I don't, I don't think they're, I don't know. I don't think they're at that level. I mean, they're, if they were all, if Zion is full, is healthy and Ingram is healthy. I mean, they were, they were up at the top of the West. I know, but they were up at the top you know, of the West. They, no they already Phoenix. did play in the playoffs and played, you know, one, two play in games. So there's a little bit of playoff experience and they played Phoenix. Well, uh, it's not, I, yeah, I don't think it's crazy that they could make the conference finals. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on how the brackets shake out. Um, but I see that, like, the Nuggets and the Grizzlies and probably the Warriors and maybe even by then the Clippers mm-hmm. uh, being kind of tough outs. And the Kings. The Kings are going to be, you know, the Kings. The Kings with but, Mo Bamba. Um, but, minus David but yeah, Mitchell. I, I don't think they should have realistic expectations about going far this year, but they don't need to. I think they should just figure out right. who they want to ride with going forward. And yeah. But I think them similar to Memphis, similar to, um, uh, to uh, the Kings. It's just like they, yeah, it would be interesting in the off season to maybe make a huge trade. And they have even more assets than anybody else does. When you consider Ooh, some of those, they might have picks. Victor Wimbanyama. Like they are, <laughs> Like they're in a really good spot. I mean, do you think? Do you think? I mean, let's see. The Lakers right now. It seems like they are one and a half games out of the play-in. They've been playing pretty well lately, and AD is supposed to come back. I think if AD's healthy, they if he's healthy the rest of the year, which he probably won't be. Um, but if he's healthy when the playoffs start, right, right? right? Like if he gets this next injury out of the way, and he's back before the playoffs start. And they're in like the ten. They'll. They so you think there's it. one more injury he needs to go through? There, there, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. the over under. It's like. <laughs> uh, but would you, if you're, if you're the Lakers, would you buy? I think you have to, right? Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess the the idea is, what are those twenty seven, twenty nine picks going to be, if you ship them off? If you ship them off, they're going to be good they're going to be good picks because you're going to be terrible, right? Like you're basically pulling mm-hmm. all your assets in for a run in these next couple years. And then you're going to be terrible. If you hold on to them though, that doesn't mean they're going to be great picks because yeah. by then, like you'll get all these people off your books this year. You can bring in free agents and all this stuff. And they, you might just be a middle of the road team. And then they're like, it's a 15 pick instead of a three. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's weird. So those picks have more value to other teams than they do to the Lakers. I'm saying, cause the Lakers will probably be good enough if they don't ship them off 
right, shipping them will... off makes them more uh, short term. Exactly. Right? It's, it's all short term. And then there's nothing. There's no reason for free agents to come there. If there's basically just nothing in the cupboard, no LeBron, mm -hmm. no Davis, and the bus family is kind of a train wreck, mm. right? Yeah, so. I, I I guess they I guess though they should. I mean, they are uh, well. It's kind of a silly question. I guess they already did buy. They bought Rui Hachimura, so we know they're. I, I they don't have the. They have a pick swap with a team that's going to be in the playoffs. So. <laughs> I think they might as well try to improve their team. Yeah. Uh, Marcus, how far how far do you think they should go? I mean, I don't trust their decision making. Mm -hmm. Like, I I think that they should just like go all in, especially like, you know, if these assets are worth more to everyone else but you, then you have a huge chance to capitalize on that, like get more than they're worth to you. But I feel like they're like, I don't know. It's such a strange team to me. Like you have LeBron who's really the clock is ticking and they're not trying to capitalize on it. It feels like, <laughs> like it's just a bizarre thing. Like I feel like they almost feel handcuffed by him to be honest like i feel like after the russell westbrook thing they're like all right we can't operate this team the way we want to until lebron's gone so let's just stop trying yeah yeah i i don't i i think the other thing that's like it has to be a factor and i realize this is sunk cost fallacy talking but if i'm rob palenka i'm like this pick swap cannot turn into victor Wimbenyam. Like, I'm like, mm -hmm. I have got to get in the playoffs so that I'm not handing a generational pick over to the New Orleans Pelicans, even yeah. though that particular trade led to a banner, right? I would just be like, no, it cannot happen. We are making the playoffs this year. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. Like, I know they can't, like, in, in theory, if they could trade LeBron and AD and get back, like, the t right now, if they could do that, and they, I know they can't trade LeBron, but let's say they could, they could make those type of trades a la Utah trading Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, get that type of haul in return, but it would still make them really bad the rest of this season and possibly get Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> would you take that haul that Utah got knowing that you're going to get the number, knowing that your pick's going to win the lottery? this year wait so i'm not sure exactly okay the... so so let's say you got the haul that utah got in return for gobert and donovan mitchell in return for lebron and ad so a similar type of return knowing it's in advance that that's going to make you so bad that you're going to end up winning the lottery this year and then your pick's going to go your victor Wembanyama is going to go to new orleans oh i see oof that would be tough. That would be tough because again, that it's it, it's the sunk cost, but it's hard to get past that mentally. Yeah, you just you're just that guy who yeah. who traded away Victor Wembanyama <laughs> before you could. I I don't know, man. That's a tough yeah, one. It's it's like from a purely analytical standpoint. Yeah, you probably should do that. 
Right. But the narrative part of it, you probably cannot. Right. Like, Yes. Yeah. Plus, plus the narrative. Right. And like so much of basketball, it's just the narrative. <laughs> Especially when LeBron is con- like every time Wembenyama gets a bucket, LeBron's going to be like, can't believe the Lakers. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're also going to add to the narrative that you shipped out LeBron, shipped out AD, um, and whatever whatever they do the rest of their careers is also going to add to the narrative. Um, all right. So go, go Lakers. Uh in terms of like, I don't know, teams I'm hoping have a bad postseason and then big name players that come available where it's possible. Um, you know, a part of me thinks Phoenix, I mean, Phoenix things are not going well, so that's clearly happening. Um, but they they are they are getting a new owner, so the new owner is probably not gonna want to. He's probably gonna want to make a splash in terms of getting talent rather than selling talent. But I do, I do hope things go bad in Phoenix, and then Booker becomes available. He's a oh, superstar no. level guy. No way. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, I could dream. Um. What about Aiden, you, uh, Jay Crowder? Actually, is already available. Jay Crowder's <laughs> are. I'm sure. I think Aiton is is available now. Except, well, he, he's got like a no trade provision mm-hmm. for the rest of this season. Yeah, but well, he could wave. Jay Crowder does have tips energy. He <laughs> sure does. And they, yeah. I mean, I, I would rather just play Obi, but. And who's who's better rested at this point in the season than Jay Crowder? That's true. He could play forty-five minutes a night. Forty-eight. Why not? <laughs> Come on, forty-five. <laughs> Tibbs energy. Uh, I'm also hoping Harden sucks in the playoffs, and then Joel Embiid wants to get out. It's that. I'm hoping Harden does not come back to Houston. I will uh, <laughs> tell you that. That's yeah, not high on my list. Well. Yeah, Joel Embiid, I, I don't think Philly would ever, or man, Maury would ever easily trade anybody, but uh, I don't think Philly would want to trade Embiid to the Knicks. But um, getting Embiid on the Knicks, I think, would be, the, the he's the guy that would take them to uh, a contender right away. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm breaking news here. <laughs> yeah i mean i can see him getting um unhappy because yeah. they're probably going to bomb out again in the playoffs exactly. even if james harden plays well quite honestly i um i think yeah i think the east is going to be east is going to be tough if especially if durant comes back healthy i think the east is going to be top heavy and very tough and i, I think they will be the odd ones out um yeah, Brooklyn obviously should should it make some moves if they can, but uh, they don't have many assets besides that one Philadelphia pick, I think. Yeah, can they can they move Simmons for anybody? Is there, any, anyone that, <laughs> is there a market for that guy? No, no Bombas available. <laughs> <laughs> I would do that if I was Orlando. Oh, I would too. <laughs> but. All right. Um, 
that's been the trade deadline. Marcus, do you have anything to plug? Um, things to plug. Well, if you're in New York City, the Armory Comedy improv shows are back up and running Friday nights at the Tank, 36th and 8th. Um, and uh, I just had a podcast of my own come out fairly recently called A Winkle in Time about the Winklevoss twins rowing through the time stream. So check that out if it sounds interesting. <laughs> How many episodes came out recently? Uh, we launched uh, three more. Nice. So that was the end of the first season. All right. Season one, finish up season one before you. it's too late to catch up and everybody's already talking about it. <laughs> John, uh, anything you want to plug or say? No, no plugs here. It's just a second Marcus's plug for the Armory Comedy shows. Um, I'm, you know, too old and out and, and too parenting to make it anymore. But um, back when I did, it mm -hmm. was just about the best time in the best time in the comedy scene, all of New York. So people should turn out. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to plug John Blue for number one dad. I'm going to plug <laughs> A Winkle in Time, you should subscribe to A Winkle in Time, and you should subscribe to Larry No Sports, wherever you get your podcasts. May all your dreams be hoop dreams, and may the rest of your days be days of thunder. Thunder.